Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we Welcome go. Sixty-five of the podcast in a sweeping America, the Aerator Sports Podcast. It is Monday, March fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one. I got some good news for you, people. We got ourselves a bracket. That's right, after last year, NCAA tournament ripped away from us at the last possible moment. Only sport, I should mention, that did not crown a national champion or a champion in 2020, college basketball. Well, guess what? We got a bracket. We're going to have a tournament this week. We are going to have a champion in a couple weeks. So one, that is awesome. Here is a rundown for not only today's show, but also the rest of the week. Starting with today. Today is going to be strictly a reaction show. I'm not making any promises. I'm not guaranteeing you this team is going to win the national championship. But instead, what today's show is about is reacting in real time to the bracket, just kind of letting you know about these teams, these matchups, who I like, who I think I could like. And this year, because of the way everything is set up, because of the fact that, frankly, the bracket could still change depending on COVID situations and we're not wishing it upon anybody, what I will do is I will come back later this week on Wednesday and make my official picks. Now, today we're still reacting to the bracket. You don't need to turn it off because we're not talking about my, I'm not giving you my official picks. But today we, we react to the bracket. Wednesday I will make my official picks. I also think, by the way, I'll try to get a few coaches from inside the bubble on this show just to try to give you a cool insight into what it's like over there in Indianapolis, what's going on, what works, what isn't, what teams are going through. It'll be a fun show on Wednesday. Then Thursday, I think I'll do maybe a little bit of a betting preview. We'll kind of just talk about anything that has popped up over the previous couple days. At some point, too, I will do a kind of a Kentucky-Duke kind of post-mortem. Obviously, both those teams aren't in the tournament. We'll talk about their offseason, all that kind of stuff. But today... It is all about the bracket, breaking it down from every angle, talking teams, talking matchups, talking all that stuff. It's going to be a really fun show. But before we get to it, we got to welcome back our sponsor. And they've been our sponsor all month, and they've been an incredible sponsor, our friends at Bracket Fanatics. Look, guys, we got ourselves a bracket. We're going to be filling this thing out over the next couple days, but what is the most annoying part about March Madness? Well, Besides when a 15-seed upsets your national champion in round one, it's the hassle of actually running a bracket pool. 
we all know how it goes. One guy wants to pay you next week. The next guy is going to Venmo you in December. This guy is going to hit you back. I'll call you. I'll page you, whatever. No, 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 no. Too much hassle, if you ask me. That is why I'm glad to welcome in Bracket Fanatics and BracketFanatics.com as our sponsor. If you're running a bracket this year, Bracket Fanatics is the only site and only app that you should be using. It's a true social networking app, and unlike those loser websites like Yahoo or whoever, once you set your pool, your work is done. Everyone pays in one place. You can talk smack, even make side bets. No chasing down money at the last minute. You don't need some weird Yahoo email to get set up. Just get set up, invite friends, and you're good to go. And once the tournament is done, payments are sent straight to winners, all at BracketFanatics.com. On top of that, unlike those loser competitors I was just telling you about, there are no banner ads, and Bracket Fanatics will not sell your information to advertisers. This is the perfect app for March, so this is what you need to do. Assemble your crew and get signed up at BracketFanatics.com. Make sure to use the promo code TORRES to be entered to win a $1,000 giveaway, which is awarded at the end of the tournament to the bracket with the most wins, but only if you use the promo code TORRES when you sign up. Once again, pull up your browser when you sign up, use BracketFanatics.com and promo code TORRES to be entered to win a $1,000 cash prize. And by the way, this is a very nice segue for me to tell you that we're running an Aaron Torres pod bracket challenge through our friends at Bracket Fanatics. And so if you want to be part of the Aaron Torres pod community and you want a chance to win some cool prizes, including two $250 Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards, that's in addition, by the way, to the $1,000 cash prize that Bracket Fanatics is offering up if you use the promo code Torres, enter the Aaron Torres Sports Bracket Challenge. All you got to do, go to my Twitter page, at Aaron underscore Torres. Go to my Instagram, at Aaron Torres Pod. All the details are there, but we are running a bracket challenge. Again, first prize, second prize, $250 Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards. And if you use the promo code Torres, uh, you're automatically entered to win a $1,000 cash prize. Hit me up on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. All the information is right there, but obviously if you have any questions, I will be available. That is the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Challenge, courtesy of Bracket Fanatics. All right, let's get into the bracket itself now, and and let me kind of just reiterate kind of my vision of how this week goes. Think of today's show as a reaction show, me giving you kind of just information that you can take with you throughout the rest of the week. I will make picks. They are unofficial. They are subject to change. Wednesday's show, I'll kind of go through and just give you the who I actually think is going to win, who are my official picks. Today, think of it as kind of unofficial picks. What I'll do is I'll go ahead, talk about upset potential, who's going to possibly, uh, you know, potentially pull an upset who might not. I'll give you kind of a mock bracket run today, but let's start in the West region. It's in the upper left-hand side if you're looking at a bracket. And let's start with, uh, you know, with, with a region that has Gonzaga as the number one seed. And before we get to the bracket itself, you know what jumps out to me about this bracket? I'll tell you right now. This sure does feel like CBS and the selection committee wanted Gonzaga in the Final Four. And you guys know I am not the type of person to, one, just criticize Gonzaga. I mean, I'll criticize Gonzaga, but I don't think they're like some massively overrated, you know, like, like I think they're a legitimately awesome program. But if you look at this draw, this draw sure does feel like, man, oh, man, oh, man, it doesn't get much better for Gonzaga in terms of a path to the Final Four. Why is that? 
Well, look at the number two seed. It's Iowa. Look at the number three seed. It's Kansas. Look at the number four seed. It's Virginia. What do all three of those teams have in common? All three of them played Gonzaga this year, and all three of them got smoked. All three of them already have lost to Gonzaga by double figures. That doesn't even factor in that Kansas and Virginia are the two teams that had to remove themselves from their conference tournament because of COVID, and we don't even know what we're going to get from those teams once they get to Indianapolis. We assume they're ready to go, but will they have their full roster? Will they have you know partial roster? Whatever. But you talk about a perfect path for Gonzaga. I think you can make the case that legitimately the toughest opponent on the road to the Final Four could potentially be that five seed in Creighton if they even get Creighton, which we'll talk about in a minute because I think there's some major upset potential there. Let's go game by game. What I would say, obviously, Gonzaga, they're going to play the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. They're going to win that game convincingly. Oklahoma, Missouri in the second game. I think you can legitimately argue probably the second most boring game in the opening round of the tournament. Uh, Neither team is very interesting. Neither team is very compelling. I do think that probably, by the way, when I say the second most boring game, Clemson-Rutgers, it's just like, wow. Like, like it could be the national championship game. I don't know that I would tune in. I'd go watch uh, Britney Spears' uh, documentary on Netflix or something. But <laughs> Oklahoma-Missouri, I would lean Missouri in that game. I don't think either team is playing particularly well, but Oklahoma has really just not played very well down the stretch. Essentially, the only game that they, they won was in the Big 12 conference opener against Iowa State, which was the worst team in the entire league, but they lost their last four regular season games. They lose to Kansas in the conference tournament. I just don't think they're playing very good basketball right now, so I would go ahead and take Missouri in that opening round. Uh, Beyond that, after that, you go to the middle half of that region, Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. And what I would say about this, you will hear UC Santa Barbara as a sexy upset pick, and here is why. UC Santa Barbara has a really good roster. Basically, their entire team is high major transfers. In other words, players that started at the high major level that have transferred down to UC Santa Barbara for whatever reason. Their starting point guard, Jagori McLaughlin, came from Oregon State. He was basically the best player in that Big West championship game. They have a starting power forward named Miles Norris, who began his career at Oregon. They have another player named Amadou Sow, who was like a top 100 recruit, easily could have gone to a power six school, instead ends up at Santa Barbara. They got another kid from DePaul, on and on and on and on and on. And they are going to be a challenge for Creighton. Now, Creighton, to me, this game comes down to which Creighton team shows up because they have been really, really, really good at times, like when they beat UConn in the Big, Big East uh, semifinals on Friday night. They have been really bad. They lost to Xavier, who is obviously not a tournament team these last couple weeks. They they struggled uh, with Georgetown. I think Georgetown's playing really well, but I think it's worth mentioning that uh, Creighton did get destroyed by them in the uh, you know in the Big East tournament final. I would lean Creighton in this game, always subject to change. But you talk about potential upset special. How about Ohio Virginia in the game below? Ohio is actually led by a point guard named Jason Preston, who is a legitimate NBA draft prospect, averaged 19.7 rebounds, 7 assists per game this year. And Virginia, look, this is just not a vintage Virginia team. I talked about it prior to the ACC tournament. I talked about the fact that this is a team that had lost three straight games late in the season. They bounce back. They're finally starting to get some momentum in the ACC tournament. And then they get pulled out. And so by the time they get to Indianapolis, they're a team that has basically played one game in the last two weeks. That was their ACC Conference Tournament opener against Syracuse. They needed a buzzer beater to win that. 
And I think there is potential upset with Ohio. At the very least, if you're a better, I would go ahead and take Ohio plus the points there. Bottom half of the bracket, USC and Wichita. USC and Drake. Wichita and Drake will be the play-in game. I would lean Wichita in the play-in game. In terms of the game itself, I'll just tell you, this is actually a very nice draw for USC. USC is not a very explosive and dynamic offensive team, but they're very good defensively, top 10 in the country in field goal percentage defense, and they're playing a bunch of teams that really, frankly, um, don't don't score the ball very easily. And so if they do get a Kansas in round two, if they do get uh, some of these other teams in the Sweet 16, they could make a real run here, but I do like USC to beat Wichita. I think Kansas beats Eastern Washington, assuming, of course, there's no COVID outbreaks. Bottom half of the bracket, I got to tell you, Oregon against Virginia Commonwealth. I loved Oregon coming into this tournament. They have a star point guard named Chris Duarte. They have a big guy who's kind of not a big. He's about 6'8", 6'7". Kind of reminds me of P.J. Tucker. His name is Eugene Omayori. Um, He is a guy that is a difference maker as well. But VCU has a point guard named Bones Highland who might be the best player on the floor in that game. I will tell you right now, as I record here, I am leading VCU to pull the upset in that game. Iowa and Grand Canyon in the bottom half of the bracket. I'll tell you, Grand Canyon's an interesting team. They are in the whack, but they're coached by Bryce Drew. They, like I just said a minute ago with Santa Barbara, have a bunch of high major talent. Their best player, Asbjorn Mitgard, he came from Wichita State. Make sure you put the uh, proper pronunciation on that. Asbjorn Mitgard came from uh, Wichita State. They have a kid named Alessandro Lever, who was a former top 100 recruit who committed to Grand Canyon over some Power 5 schools, Power 6 schools. So I'm telling you, they have the talent. I am picking Iowa there, but I think it could be close. Going back to the top half of the bracket, Gonzaga is going to beat either Missouri or Oklahoma. I have Missouri in that one. And I'll tell you, I think out of the next four in that region, I do still think Creighton is the best team. I think they get by Santa Barbara, and I will pick them. I I think Ohio legitimately may upset Virginia, but I think Creighton gets out of that part of the bracket to get to the Sweet 16 against Gonzaga. USC, Kansas. This is one that, as I record right now, and this is kind of a dry run, if you will, I think USC can beat Kansas. One, Kansas is another one. They've basically played two games in their last two weeks coming into the NCAA tournament, but two, Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, the defense that USC plays, there's only one way that USC can win, and it's by completely shutting you down, and if you can score at all, you can give USC trouble. I don't know that Kansas is that team. They turn the ball over a lot. They don't shoot the ball well a lot, and I'm telling you right now, if I had to pick right now, I'm picking USC to upset Kansas in the second round. I will take in the, the the bottom game, I will take Iowa over VCU. If you like points, Iowa VCU or Iowa versus Oregon will be a really, really, really fun matchup, but I would take Iowa over VCU. I think they have a little too much size, a little too much toughness in that one. Back to the top half of the bracket. Listen, I think it's the Gonzaga Invitational. I, I don't really see the scenario where they lose to Creighton. I think that would be a fun game, but Creighton, even if Creighton gets there, has been so inconsistent all year. I just can't see them playing 40 complete minutes against Gonzaga. Uh, And then the bottom half of the bracket, at this point, I would have USC and Iowa. I would lean Iowa. I think that is the time where Iowa can match USC's kind of size and skill down low. They're a more dynamic offensive team. 
And in a boring, boring, boring twist, as of right now, I have the number one and number two seeds in that region in the um, in the Elite Eight, and I would take Gonzaga to win the West region. I'm looking at a bracket. I am going from the West down to the East. And look, I think we all know what the big story is here. Michigan is the number one seed. But what is going to become of Michigan when they get to the NCAA tournament? Their leading scorer, Isaiah Livers, is obviously out. He was out of the second, the, the last two game, or the last game of Michigan's conference tournament with a broken foot. We don't have any updates, and I just think when you're talking about a stress reaction, a stress fracture in somebody's foot, I don't think you can expect them to play. And so because of that, I think this completely opens up this bracket. And I got to be honest, as I record here, I'm having trouble figuring out who is going to win this bracket because I think there are like six or seven teams that are really interesting. I mean, LSU as an eight seed is, is very interesting after what they just did in the SEC tournament championship game. Florida State, obviously, we know about them. Um, you know, Texas, UConn, Alabama, just, this is just probably, I'll say this for as boring and straightforward as I think Gonzaga's region is going to be. This is the one where we could see chaos because you just start looking at the, the potential second round matchups, uh, or even first round matchups. You're talking about could, could Georgetown upset Colorado? I think they could, could UConn and Alabama in the second round? Could UConn as a seven seed get to the Sweet 16? I think they could. Could Michigan State or UCLA upset BYU? I think they could. And so let's get into the region itself. Independent of who wins that play-in game, I will tell you right now, Michigan is going to win the first round of the tournament. We will not get a UMBC, University of Virginia upset here. St. Bonaventure, LSU, my goodness, is this just a total, total, total clash of styles. St. Bonaventure, not super athletic, but they're so disciplined. They're so well coached. They are like a basketball drills video come to life, where on the flip side, you have LSU. I think we kind of know the deal. We watched them in the SEC tournament championship game, and they are just so talented. It's just always a question of Will they show up to play? Will they play well together? Because if they do, they have the capability to beat, I don't want to say anybody in this tournament, but make a really, really, really deep run. I would lean LSU there. I just think their guys are now locked in. Trenton Watford was awesome in that SEC championship game. Colorado-Georgetown as the 5-12 game. I'll tell you what. You know what this reminds me of? You know that Spider-Man meme where there's one Spider-Man looking at the other Spider-Man? That's what I feel about with this game. Two physical teams, two tough teams, and I am telling you right now, as of right now, I am taking Georgetown to pull the 5-12 upset. If you watch Georgetown in that Big East Conference tournament, they are so big and so athletic, I don't know how anybody scored on them all year long. Their, their guys are all like 6'7", 6'8", super long, super athletic. You catch the ball to shoot, you got arms and, and, and length all in your face. And so I do like Georgetown to pull the upset in that game. After that, we get to Florida State against UNC Greensboro. Greensboro's a great story. Wes Miller, good young coach, but Florida State's going to win this game. Florida State, I know they didn't look great in the ACC tournament, but their athleticism, as we all know, is going to give people fits. 6-11 matchup, I do like uh, Michigan State to beat UCLA. And I'll tell you right now, I like Michigan State to beat BYU. BYU is a very limited team. They're big and they're physical, and they have two guards that can play, Alex Barcelo and Brandon Averett. And other than that, they ain't got nothing. 
They don't have wings that can make plays. They don't have three, four, five guards. All their big guys are basically guys that hang out around the rim. I think Mark Pope is one of the great young coaches in college basketball, but I think it's advantage Michigan State here. I will actually take Michigan State as the six, as the 11 seed to get to the second round. Texas Abilene Christian, it'll be interesting, but I do think I like Texas right now to advance. They're playing well. If you watch them in the Big 12 tournament, they are so freaking talented. I mean, there was one play in the Big 12 tournament where uh, Jericho Sims, who's 6'11", grabbed a rebound, dribbled up the court like a point guard, and then passed it on the wing to Kai Jones, who's another 6'11 guy who will be a first-round NBA draft pick this year. He takes it to the rim and dunks it. And it's like, name me another team in the country that can have a 6'11 guy rebound it like a point guard, take it down, pass it to another 6'11 guy, and he flushes it down. So Texas wins that game. UConn, Maryland. Um, I just like UConn, and it's not a homer thing. It's not a bias thing. It's just a – they're just better than Maryland, and and they're tough, and they're physical, and I think they can give Maryland's guards problems. And so because of it, I do like UConn in that game. Final game in this region, how about Nate Oates in Alabama? You work all year. You win your first SEC regular season title since 2002. You win your first conference tournament since 1993. And what do you get? You get Rick freaking Patino in round one. And I know I've made jokes about Rick Patino. I think I talked about him on last show. But you talk about a team and a coach that you do not want to see. Rick Patino has got to be the guy, right? I mean, it is incredible that Rick Patino is back in this NCAA tournament. I would take Alabama in that game, though. Once we get to the second round, guys, I will tell you, though, this is where it gets really interesting to me. I do believe that Michigan will have enough to get past LSU. I look at Michigan, I, I, I just think that they're so skilled, they're so well coached by Juwan Howard. I mean, Juwan Howard's a freaking stud, man. Um, but I look at them, and I do think that the coaching is going to be the def- difference. Plus, I, they're, they're really talented, but I do think the coaching will be the difference. I do think they get by LSU. After that, I mean, I got Georgetown, Florida State, and I think either one of those teams could give LSU, a, uh, uh, or excuse me, Michigan fits. I am going to lean Florida State in that one against Georgetown. Both of those teams are so good. That's another one that's the Spider-Man meme, one looking at the other. Either of those teams could win. I'm telling you, I would not be surprised if Georgetown as a 12 seed ends up in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Below, we get a Texas-Michigan State matchup the way that I have things going. I have Michigan State upsetting BYU. I think Texas advances. You guys know I'm not a huge Shaka Smart guy, but that team is too good, too talented. They're playing too well. I believe they will advance from that point. And this is where it gets interesting because I do think that UConn can give Alabama problems. Alabama, if you're willing to play their way and go up and down, they're going to destroy you. But there have been a couple times this year where you keep them in the half court and you make them beat you in the half court. They have trouble. They played Mississippi State in the SEC tournament and destroyed them. But if you watch the first two games against Mississippi State, who's kind of like a less talented UConn, Mississippi State gave them fits, and it was like a six, seven, eight point game in all of those games. I will lean Alabama getting by UConn, but that is subject to change by Wednesday. It would not surprise me if, if UConn pulls off the upset there, if it, if it would even be considered an upset. We get to the Sweet 16, Michigan versus Florida State. I got to be real. Um, If it comes down to this, I do think this is where Michigan could struggle. Florida State is insanely talented. Uh, They're just so good defensively. They come at you in so many waves. And Isaiah Livers, the guy that they had, he's a three-point shooter. 
I just think that is the guy that, that you know, you rely on to get you 8, 10, 12 points and to not have that guy in the lineup, even with Franz Wagner, even with Hunter Dickinson, I just think that Florida State can neutralize them. And so as of right now, I got Florida State coming out of that half of the region into the Elite Eight for the third for the second time in the last three NCAA tournaments. Bottom half of the region, if we get Texas-Bama, I know that sounds like a great football matchup, Steve Sarkeesian versus his former, uh, former uh, uh, boss and Nick Saban. That would be a fun, fun, fun uh, NCAA tournament matchup there. I would actually lean Texas at this point. I cannot believe how all in I am on Shaka Smart, but I look at this region and I just say they are so big and so athletic and so tough. But this is, again, a matchup-based region where if Alabama gets by Texas or Alabama gets by UConn, I do think Texas would win, but I actually think Texas would actually have some trouble with UConn, who wants to slow down the pace, wants to be physical. But I lean Texas, and I have, how about this, an Elite Eight of Florida State and Texas as of right now. I can't believe I'm saying it. I would actually lean Texas to go to the Final Four. I'm Mr. I don't like Shaka Smart, and I would pick them to go to the Final Four. So that is where we are at in this region, and I will come back on Wednesday and solidify all those picks, but hopefully this helps you. As always, by the way, you can go ahead, hit me up on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. If you have any questions, you know I'm happy to answer questions for listeners of this show. If you want to talk to me by Instagram, Aaron Torres Pod. Uh, but those are the first two regions. Those are the first two regions. The West region, as I record here th- when uh, Sunday night, I would lean Gonzaga. As I record here on Sunday night with the East region, I would actually take probably Texas over Florida State. I cannot believe I am saying that, but those are the first two regions that are done. Here's what I'm going to do, guys. I am going to take a quick pause, a quick break, and then I will come back to break down the other two regions, the South and the Midwest. All right, everybody, <laughs> I am back. Uh, I just thought it'd be, take, it'd be good to take a quick little break. Um, obviously, the, this is going to be a long show, fun breakdown of this bracket. We hit the West, we hit the East. Let's get to the South and the Midwest. But before we do, I do want to welcome in a new sponsor for the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. They will be with us all March long, and that is PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. You can find the who, how, and why behind every pick for every sport, every game, every day, all for free at PicksWise.com. Throughout March Wet Madness, PicksWise is running a college basketball handicapping contest featuring some of the best experts in the game. Get free daily picks and analysis from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, and more. Head over to PicksWise.com now to see which expert is hot as they battle it out for a winner-takes-all $10,000 cash prize. That is PicksWise.com. Make your next bet better with PicksWise. All right, let's transition to the south. Baylor is the number one seed there. And as, I, as I've told you, you know, a few things stand out. I want to do a couple kind of big picture takeaways, then we'll get into to the minutiae of it. First one is, I genuinely feel bad for Baylor because as I told you last episode, somebody was going to draw North Carolina as an 8-9 seed, and I didn't want it to be me. And I feel really bad that it's Baylor because North Carolina, as you guys saw in the ACC tournament, they are just nasty. 
I mean, they're not super skilled. They don't shoot the ball super well. They turn the ball over too much, but they have four legitimate seven-footers, Garrison Brooks, Armando Baycott, Walker Kessler, and Dayron Sharp, who are just physical, mean, nasty. They're the number one rebounding team in the country. And so I knew somebody was going to get them, but I feel genuinely bad that it happened to be Baylor because Baylor's had a great season. I don't think they'll get upset, but I think it could be competitive. The other thing that stood out to me in this region, I think Arkansas has a really good path to a deep tournament run. And I know, I know, I've had Eric Musselman on this show, and oh my God, Torres, you always... I'm just telling you, I think they got a really nice path. I'm not sure Texas Tech gets through Utah State in round one, but even if they do, Texas Tech is like the best possible matchup for Arkansas, really well coached, but Texas Tech is not very skilled outside of Mac McClung. They don't have a lot of scoring. And then you look at the bottom half of the bracket, it's either going to be Florida or Ohio State. They've already beaten Florida, they being Arkansas. And Ohio State, I think, is good, but they're very limited. They, what I've said about Ohio State from the beginning, they don't do anything great. And so because of it, those are the two things that stand out. Baylor, I feel bad for. Arkansas, I think, has a really nice path. But let's start at the top of the region. Baylor versus University of Hartford. And let me just say this, since there's nothing else to say about this game, shout out to the Hartford Hawks. For people who do not know, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up no lie, five minutes from the University of Hartford. It is a small school. It's in the back. You know, you're driving down a main road and you kind of see a few buildings. You don't realize this awesome college campus is there. Fun school. Not going to lie. Spent some time there when I was in high school when I shouldn't have been there. Don't tell my mom, even though my mom listens to this show. Uh, spent a few, hit a few, uh, hit a few college parties when I was in high school. But University of Hartford is awesome. But they're, yeah, they're going to get destroyed by Baylor. Baylor's going to win that game by 40. Second, uh, second game in that region, I just kind of laid it out. North Carolina is going to destroy Wisconsin. I mean, if, if North Carolina shows up to play and their guards don't do too much stupid stuff with the ball, North Carolina is going to destroy Wisconsin. I like North Carolina in that game. Villanova-Winthrop, look, I think Winthrop's going to be a sexy pick. I do think Villanova has too much skill, too much size. I do think they get by that first-round matchup. The 4-13 game, I like Purdue. I, you know, listen, they, 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 they have these crazy games, these crazy comebacks. They almost came all the way back to beat Ohio State. I think they get by North Texas, although North Texas is a really, really tough team. Then to the second half of the region, I'll tell you, Texas Tech-Utah State, as of right now, I am taking Utah State. I think Utah State is insanely well coached. Their, their coach, Craig Smith, I think is a legitimate candidate for the Minnesota opening. And I watch them. They are big. They're physical. They run good stuff. I don't claim to be an X's and O's savant. But what I will tell you is watch Utah State closely in this game. Every out-of-bounds play, they get a wide-open look. Uh, every out-of-timeout, they get a wide-open look. And they are a team that I think can beat Texas Tech because I just don't think Texas Tech is very good. All year I've been waiting for someone other than Mac McClung to figure it out for Texas Tech, and it just hasn't happened. And you look at this team. I mean, Texas Tech is overall this season 17-10. and 10. Um, Yes, they did win three straight to end the regular season, or to, to three straight towards the end of the regular season. But they lost to Baylor on, senior, on the last day of the year, which is no big deal. But f they're, they're over their last final, what, eight games? They were 3-5 and five overall. Two of the wins were against TCU and Iowa State, two of the worst teams in the league. They did lose a thriller to Texas in the Big, East, in the, the Big, East, Big 12 tournament. I just don't think they're that good. 
I'm taking Utah State in round one. I am taking Arkansas past Colgate. I know that Seth Davis, I, I tweeted that I like this, this, this setup for Arkansas, and I got like three people like, well, Seth Davis says Colgate can win. Well, Seth, well I don't care what Seth Davis says. Listen to what Torres says, and Torres says Arkansas is going to win that game easy. The 7-10 matchup, Florida and Virginia Tech, probably Florida. You know, Virginia Tech's not very good. They're really well coached. They got a guy named Mike Young who was at Wofford. If you remember Wofford a few years ago, played Kentucky in the second round of the NCAA tournament, almost pulled off the upset. Their coach that was at Wofford is now at Virginia Tech, but they're not very big. They're not very skilled. They're not very whatever. I would probably lean Florida, uh, but either way, they're not beating Ohio State in the next round. So Ohio State, I do think, gets past Oral Roberts. Back up to the top of that bracket. I will tell you right now, Baylor, North Carolina in the second round, that might be the best second round matchup. And, and it sounds crazy because you're like, why would a 1-8 game be the best matchup? I'm just telling you, Baylor's really good, but North Carolina, those bigs are going to destroy Baylor on the glass, and I think that is going to be a competitive close game, probably the closest game of the 1-8-9 versus versus matchups. I think it's going to be really close in that one. I think Baylor probably wins the 5-4 I probably will take Purdue in that one. I don't love either Purdue or Villanova. Ironically, these two teams played in the second round of the last NCAA tournament, which was in 2019. If you remember, they were in the Hartford Regional. I remember that because it was right down the road from me. Purdue and Carson Edwards destroyed Villanova. I would probably take Purdue in this one. I just think Villanova, they're just out of bodies. I mean, you know, they, they lose to Georgetown in the opener of the Big East tournament, but no Colin Gillespie. It's hard for me to envision them making the Sweet 16 under these scenarios. Utah State versus Arkansas. Look, I like Arkansas. Utah State, very big, very physical, but they can't go score for score with, with Arkansas. It's kind of what the Alabama-Utah State matchup is in the, uh, in the East region where if Utah State can get Arkansas to play their game and play in the 60s, then we may have a situation where Utah State can pull the up, pull off the upset. But I really do think that whether Arkansas gets Texas Tech or Utah State, I think it's a good matchup for them. I think both of those teams are tough, but I don't believe that they are skilled enough to actually beat Arkansas. And so because of it, I will take Arkansas over Utah State, although I would also like them over Texas Tech. And then in the Ohio State-Florida game, listen, Mike White, good guy. I think Mike White's done an awesome job this year. I still have Florida fans harass me. You hate Mike White. I don't hate Mike White. I'm just telling you flat out, they ain't going to win this game. Ohio State wins this game. Another game that sounds great on the football field. We got Oklahoma, we got uh, Texas and uh, we got Texas and Alabama earlier. Ohio State, Florida would be a great football game. But Baylor, Purdue in the, the Sweet 16. I got Baylor. Not much to say here. I do think, like, for all the talk that Baylor is struggling. I mean, they lost to maybe the hottest team in college basketball right now, Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. That whole team is playing well. It's hard for me to get worked up that Baylor stinks when you look at them. And for all the talk that they have struggled coming out of that COVID pause, never forget, in the final week of the season, they won at West Virginia, they beat Oklahoma State, they beat Texas Tech, and then they won in the Big 12 tournament opener against Kansas State. Yes, they lost to Oklahoma State, but it was by just a couple points, and I think Oklahoma State is that good. And I think that's part of why people are overlooking Baylor right now is they just played a really good team and they lost to him in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. Bottom half of the bracket, this isn't a muscleman thing. I really like Arkansas against Ohio State. I really do. I look at Ohio State, and again, I don't think that they do anything at a super elite level. I know they played 
Um, I know that they played uh, Illinois in the, the, the Big Ten tournament championship game, and I know they came all the way back and almost won that game. But I look at them, yes, their guards are very good, but they're not like elite, elite, elite difference makers. And then down low, the kid EJ Liddell is very good, but he's like 6'8". And if you can put size on him, if you can put Justin Smith on him, if you can put Vance Jackson on him, he can be slowed down in the post. I'm not saying it just because of you know, the, the Arkansas thing. I think they get by Ohio State and go to the Elite Eight. I do not think they would beat Baylor, though. So I would have Baylor in that championship game uh, in the Elite Eight beating Arkansas. Again, these picks are subject to change. I will make my official picks on on Wednesday's show. Today is just kind of a general broad recap, just spitting off the top of my head over what I see. And again, it's subject to change. Finally, let's go to the bottom region, the last region, um, and just, you know, kind of a weird region. Like, Like, that's my biggest takeaway. It's just weird. Like, Illinois is awesome, so that's cool. But you got Tennessee as a five seed, have no idea what you're going to get from them. Oklahoma State, probably underseeded as a four, probably should have been a three. You got a West Virginia as a three. You got Syracuse, and it's like Syracuse is always in the tournament, and how do they get there? And oh my God, are they going to win a game? Clemson Rutgers, most boring game ever. And Houston. Houston is just a physical, nasty, nasty, nasty team. So let's start at the top. Uh, first reaction. Love Illinois. They're playing Drexel. They'll win by a million. I love Illinois. I think you can make a case. Illinois is right up there with Gonzaga right now in terms of teams that are both playing the best that have actually have a chance to win the national championship. There's no doubt that Michigan's a little bit banged up right now. There's no doubt that Baylor, they haven't quite been the same team coming out of COVID pause. Uh, I do like Illinois to win convincingly over Drexel. The 8-9 game. I'm taking the shield. Josh Pastner, that shield, as Jimmy Dyke said the other day, he looks like a welder. He looks like your dentist. Josh freaking Pastner, Jose Alvarado, Jordan Usher. I'm taking Georgia Tech. In the 5-12 game, I'll tell you this, Tennessee Vols fans, we've been waiting all year to figure out if this team is going to figure it out or not. It seems as though they did it beating Florida in the quarterfinal of the SEC tournament. Easily could have beaten Alabama. I'm a little worried about this matchup, though. I'm a little worried about it because Oregon State is physical and tough down low. They're not super deep, but they're playing good basketball. And as of right now, I hate to say it, I got to take Oregon State in the 5-12 upset matchup. I just think Oregon State's playing good. Jared Lucas, good three-point shooter. He's from right around where I live here in Los Angeles. He was huge in that Pac-12 conference championship game. Subject to change, but I'm taking Oregon State in that matchup. I could see Tennessee, if they show up, they should win but I'll take Oregon State. In the 4-13, I will take Oklahoma State. Never forget Liberty. The last time there was an NCAA tournament upset Mississippi State as a 5 seed. That's how long ago there was the last NCAA tournament. Mississippi State was a 5 seed, but I do like uh, I do like Oklahoma State in that one. Bottom half of the region, I'll tell you this. I really like San Diego State coming into this NCAA tournament. I think Syracuse is a tough matchup for them, though. Syracuse, that zone, and I know the zone is talked about so much, but I look at San Diego State. They are not a super dynamic offensive team. Um, they have a lot of guards, but they don't score as easily as you would think. They do average a respectable 74 points a game. Matt Mitchell, Jordan Shackle, T uh, Terrell Gomez are their top three leading scorers. But they're not quite as dynamic as you'd think, and I do worry about them against that 2-3 zone. I hate to say it. I don't like watching Syracuse. I was hope I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a big J. I'm supposed to not say stuff like this. 
I didn't really want Syracuse in this tournament. I don't enjoy watching them. But I think Syracuse will pull the upset in that 6-11 game and beat San Diego State. From there, West Virginia. I mean, they're beating Moorhead State. Preston Spradlin, friend of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. I love you. You ain't beating Miles McBride, Sean McNeil, all those guys. Bottom half of the bracket, Clemson-Rutgers. Uh, I will not be watching this game. I hope they put it on t- True TV against something else because I do not plan on watching it. Probably lean Clemson. Clemson's fine, whatever. Two seed in this region is Houston, and I will obviously be taking Houston to beat Cleveland State. Although I will say Cleveland State, just be careful. Former, uh, Their head coach is Dennis Gates, who is the former lead assistant to Leonard Hamilton. They are very much like Houston. They are physical. They are tough. They are fearless. I do think Houston wins this game, though, to advance to the second round. Top of the bracket, Illinois versus Georgia Tech. You guys know I love the shield, Josh Pastner. He ain't beating Io DeSumo in Illinois, though. He ain't beating Kofi Coburn in Illinois, so Illinois advances out of that game. In the, the what I have as a 4-12 game, Oregon State against Oklahoma State, um, I would lean Oklahoma State. I think Cade and all of those boys are on a mission. I think they get to a Sweet 16. Oklahoma State does. Bottom half of the bracket, I do have 11-seed Syracuse versus West Virginia. I got to take West Virginia. They haven't been playing great down the stretch. They lost on the final day of the season to Oklahoma State. They lost in the Big 12 tournament to Oklahoma State. But I look at them, and I just say they are so dynamic offensively. Derek Culver was ill, physically ill, during the Big 12 tournament. You get him back. I do think they have enough scoring to beat Syracuse, enough scoring to get past that 2-3 zone. I'll just warn you, though, don't be surprised, Syracuse. Jim Beheim doing what he does picking his nose on the sideline, making tournament runs. If they get in, they're always a threat. I would take West Virginia, but it wouldn't surprise me if Syracuse pulls the upset. Bottom half of the bracket, Houston's going to destroy Clemson. I mean, Houston is kind of an insane team to watch. Like, they just are so physical. Like, every play is – it's like the old Rick Pitino. Like, they used to say about Rick Pitino. His team's foul on every single play – And they just put it on the refs to be like, well, we can't call a foul on every play, so we're just going to let stuff slide. And then by the end of the game, you literally have a World War III breaking out underneath the basket, and uh, there's no way to prepare for it. So I like Houston to comfortably beat Clemson in that second round and advance to the, the Sweet 16 where they would play West Virginia. Illinois versus Oklahoma State. Listen, Oklahoma State's a really good team. I don't think they're on Illinois' level right now. They don't have an answer for Kofi Coburn down low. They just have the veteran point guards, and I think Illinois would advance out of that one. Bottom half of the bracket, I actually do like Houston. I know it's another one versus two. I know that's really boring. Houston's a really, really, really good team, though, man. They are so physical and so nasty. Uh, And we'll get an Illinois versus Houston matchup in the Elite Eight. Right now, I would lean Houston. I, I, I don't know that they can stop those guards that Illinois has. Obviously, like I just said, Io DeSumo, Andre Curbelo, they're all playing so well. I have Illinois in the Final Four. And as I'm recording here, this is my Final Four. Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois. And I'm going to be the most boring, cliche person ever. I got Gonzaga beating Texas. I got Illinois beating Baylor. Illinois and Baylor played earlier this season. I think Illinois is significantly better. I think Baylor is about the same, maybe a little bit worse. And so because of it, I like ba- I like Illinois. And then a national championship. You know, right now, as of today, and I know you got, oh my God, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I think they're, they're super athletic, super skilled. They score so easily. I just, like, I think if Gonzaga gets to a Final Four, like, I don't think that's where they're losing, Okay. 
I thought it would come in the Sweet 16, in the Elite Eight, and I just don't see the path to them losing in those rounds. And so as of right now, as I record, I have Gonzaga over Illinois winning the national championship. These are my unofficial picks. I will make my official picks on Thursday's show or Wednesday's show. But hopefully that gives you an idea of where I see that bracket. Again, the goal here was to make you smarter, was to inform you. Hopefully I did that on this episode. Uh, But yeah, I think we're out of here. So that is all for today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Congratulations. We got to the point where we have a bracket. That is great, great, great news. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you, please make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, iTunes, the Podcast Addict app, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure to, by the way, make sure to subscribe because we got a loaded week of shows, of guests, of contests, of everything. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, find me on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres, at Aaron Torres Pod, and make sure to enter the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Fanatics Challenge. Bracket Fanatics is our sponsor. As I said off the top, two $250 gift cards from Buffalo Wild Wings for the top two earners in the Aaron Torres Pod Bracket Fanatics Challenge. So go ahead, make sure that you are signed up there. And of course, when you use the promo code Torres when you do so, and you will automatically be entered to win a $1,000 cash prize. But I'm running on fumes. That's all for today. If you have any questions, by the way, feel free. Email me, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. If you have bracket questions there, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Also, if you want to hit up, hit me up with any other questions, Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres, Instagram at Aaron Torres Pod. But that is all for today's show. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. I will be back later this week with more college basketball talk, brackets talk, all that good stuff. Send in your questions. That is all for today's show, people. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.